0: Donald Trump is suddenly scaring many people. He said on the Clay and Buck show, I know that he will consider potentially Tucker Carlson for his vice presidential running mate. That's not even necessarily the craziest thing Trump said during the interview. Take a listen to this.
1: Would you consider Tucker Carlson on your VP? list? Oh, I wow. want to give, give you a hypothetical here.
0: You're a big sports fan, you know,
1: like. Nick Saban's gonna retire at some point. And if you talk to the athletic director at Alabama, he would say he has a list. So would Tucker Carlson be on your list of potential VPs? And how many names might be on that list as you sit and look and survey the political field?
2: Well, first of all, you know, I did my first, uh, you could call it counter-programming, but I I won't call it that. But uh, Tucker wanted to do an interview during the first debate. And I think, you know, because this is what your business is, we broke every
0: record monster in audience. history. Yeah, I think it just hit over 300 million people. Now, remember, that is obviously untrue. And we've talked about how Twitter has juiced their system of tracking uh, to make it so Trump can say that. But of course, it's not true that 300 million people watched his debate with Tucker Carlson. It's patently absurd.
2: But it was for that evening, over 207 million it then got to two seventy five within a day or two, and the biggest ever was Oprah's interview with Michael Jackson, which was one hundred and twenty five million. Right. So we almost doubled it. Now, who would have thought that was going to happen? The debate, the last debate they had, had the lowest audience in the history of presidential debates. I don't. That's true. Know if you know it, and I think the one. Tonight is not, it's on tonight, and yeah. I don't even yeah. talk about it. Would you
3: consider it's, Tucker, though, that they based on the. I numbers? like
2: Tucker a lot. I guess I would. I think I say I would because he's got great common sense. You know, when they Christ. say that you guys are conservative or I'm conservative, it's not that we're conservative. We have common sense. We want to have safe borders. We want to have a wall because walls work. You know what, Ron? I used to say
0: about walls, I'd say wheels and walls, everything changes. All right. So then Trump goes off and ranting into other things. But he says he would consider Tucker Carlson. Now, what's fascinating about this is that Tucker Carlson was revealed to have said horrible things about Donald Trump. He referred to Trump as a demonic force. He said he despised his him passionately. And now I guess everyone pretends like that didn't happen. And Tucker's interviewing Trump and they're doing the whole dog and pony show of normalization and uh, 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 everything else that we saw. It's very strange, but also it's extraordinarily horrifying that Trump says, yeah, I would consider Tucker Carlson for VP. Now, Trump was also asked about his indictments and it's actually sort of interesting what he says. Let me play this for you.
2: Uh, I was always uh, of the opinion that a thing like this couldn't happen. In other words, you protect your former presidents. It's uh, you know, it's a terrible thing to go after a former president, other than if you're in a banana republic. And, and a possible it's a future thing.
1: president as well. And which possible,
2: a, yeah, it's possible. Do you think
1: they would put you in in jail? And do you think that would benefit you?
2: I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want yeah, to say about benefit because I don't want to predict that. But uh, would, would they if they could? I think they would do it. Yeah, I think it's not beyond
0: them. I think these are very uh, deranged and angry people. So Trump says. You're supposed to protect your former presidents. You're supposed to protect the former presidents, not go after them. Trump is saying he should be immune from consequences if he does illegal things. That's what he's saying. He's not arguing the facts. He's simply saying, I thought you protected your former presidents. He wants carte blanche. He wants license to commit crimes, to shoot the proverbial or real person on Fifth Avenue, as he has said before, and to have no consequences. The entire point of establishing and upholding a rule of law is to apply it to everyone. That includes your former presidents. That's why I don't even like this term banana republic, but making it so everyone is accountable makes us not a so-called banana republic. But for Trump, it's a bad sign that sometimes people might be held accountable for the things that they're doing Uh, as if we needed any more authoritarian dystopia. Here is Trump saying if he's reelected, he will absolutely pardon a bunch of the January 6th Trump rioters and insurrectionists. Will there be a
1: lot of pardons and commutations of people that you think were treated unfairly, uh, J6 defendants, January 6 defendants under your administration, uh, your administration? Yes,
2: absolutely. They were treated horribly. And it's very interesting when I see that very expensive fence that I built in front of the White House. You know, we built that. We rebuilt it. It's made of titanium. And it's really when I see that being damaged by these people. That's the White House. You have the capital Let's see what happens to those peaceful protesters about the damage that they're doing to the White House and areas around the White House, because we
0: have people put in jail for five, six, seven years. So again, it's not just now that Trump thinks he should be immune from consequences, saying you are you we're not supposed to go after you're supposed to protect your former presidents. He's also saying he's going to let out a bunch of the rioters scot free. So. Understand the picture that is being built of Trump's second term if he were to get one. He is going to weaponize the Justice Department to go after his political enemies and demand prosecutions and indictments. He said it openly a bunch of times at this point. He is going to pardon commute sentences of et cetera uh, individuals who have been convicted for their role in the January 6th riots. He is going to look at taking certain media outlets that he doesn't like off of the air. And I could go on and on and on. It's all an authoritarian nightmare. And I know I've said it before. I know it's starting to get repetitive. Just believe that he's going to try to do these things. We don't you know the conversation about will he get away with it or might there be will the military go along with this aspect or will the Supreme Court go along with that aspect? He's going to try to do it. He's telling us that that's bad enough, saying, well, he'll try to do it. But here's what will stop him is not good enough. The fact that he will try is disgusting enough. And by the way, if you need a preview of what it'll be like, look at the Joe Biden impeachment inquiry, which we'll talk about now. It seemed as though the Joe Biden impeachment inquiry was dead. But now with Mike Johnson, as Speaker of the House, it's seeming like Republicans are trying to revive it. And Republicans have indeed now subpoenaed Hunter Biden, as well as James Biden, who is Joe Biden's brother. They are continuing to look for the evidence that for 40 years we just haven't been able to find of criminal wrongdoing by Joe Biden. The Associated Press reports House Republicans subpoena Hunter and James Biden as their impeachment inquiry ramps back up. They are taking their most aggressive step yet. It is a long awaited move by Representative James Comer, who chairs the House Oversight Committee. They are bringing them in so far. They have fit. I love this. This one line. They have failed to uncover evidence directly implicating the president in any wrongdoing. Fox News covering this like it's the trial of the century. Listen to this. All
4: right, John. Thank you. The House Oversight Committee is escalating its impeachment inquiry into President Biden, with Chairman James Comer issuing subpoenas to multiple members of the Biden family. Fox Digital reporter Brooke Singman is here live on set now. Brooke, good to see you. So, who are these subpoenas for?
5: Hi, Sandra. Thanks for having me. So, this just breaking. We have subpoenas for Hunter Biden breaking. James Biden, the president's brother and Rob Walker, who is a business associate of Hunter and James. Also House Oversight Committee Chairman uh, James Comer mm-hmm. requested transcribed interviews from Hallie Biden, which is President Biden's daughter-in-law who was married to Beau Biden. Mm-hmm. Hunter Biden was romantically involved with her for a time. Sarah Biden, who is James Biden's wife, and also Melissa Cohen, who is Hunter's current wife, Elizabeth Secundi, who is Hallie Biden's sister and former business associate Tony Bobulinski. So these are all coming right now, breaking today. And House Oversight Committee Chairman uh, James Comer just issued these. fair to
4: say this is the most aggressive step yet.
5: Absolutely. I mean, this is the first time we're having actual subpoenas for testimony for members of the Biden family. And James Comer said that these are just the first subpoenas that he's sending this.
0: It's only the beginning I love, but also hate how these reporters pretend act like maybe they believe it that this is newsworthy for some reason other than the blatant and craven political nature of the actions that Republicans are taking. They don't have any evidence against Joe Biden. The latest thing that they're out there touting is a check for I think it's two hundred thousand dollars that Joe Biden had loaned to a relative. And the relative was paying him back. And that's their smoking gun and they call it circumstantial evidence. It's not even coherent with the broader story they're telling about Chinese bribery and Ukrainian corruption and who the hell knows what else. I am not of the mindset that they're actually going to impeach him. I think they're going to play like they are. I think they'll do the inquiry. They may keep the inquiry going a really long time and even say that Democrats are obstructing the inquiry right now. I don't think they're going to go and actually impeach him because some of the saner Republicans know there's no actual evidence and that it could really backfire if they six months before the 2024 election impeach Biden over nothing. And it's clear that it's nothing. Sure. At a Trump rally, you'll find people who say, no, it's about corruption or it's about bribery. Most people will know it's about nothing. I think sane Republicans know that there's a huge political risk to doing that. Let me know what you think not the inquiry, will Biden be impeached in the next year? Let me know what you think. We'll take a quick break and be back right after this. Sometimes it can be tough to maintain an emotional connection with your significant other. You might work in different places at different times. There might be a kid in the way. It can be hard to find time for date nights, especially because kids demand so much attention. Which is why I love our sponsor, Paired, which is the app for couples. The app will prompt you with a daily question or a game or a guided conversation, all designed by leading psychologists. And the point is to just have a deeper connection with your partner, boost intimacy, build a deeper knowledge of one another. My girlfriend and I will use the prompts on Paired throughout the day to stay connected. For instance, we answered a prompt about, what we remember most from the early days of the relationship. It really helps us learn new things and there can be funny moments as well. An independent study found that couples using paired saw 36 percent increase in the quality of their relationship and giving a paired subscription as a gift is also a really great idea. You can try it free for seven days and get 25 percent off a subscription go to paired.com slash Pacman. That's P. A. I. R. E. D. Dot com slash Pacman for a free trial and twenty five percent off. The link is in the podcast notes. One of our sponsors today is better help uh, viewers of the show. Listeners know I'm a big advocate of therapy. Uh, I think it's important to make it more accessible, remove any stigma that might be associated. We all carry around different stressors, big and small when we keep them bottled up. It can start to affect this negatively. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. Figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is therapy done entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. Fill out a brief questionnaire. You'll be matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. I'm a huge believer in talk therapy, and BetterHelp is making it more accessible to more people. You can even find a therapist who specializes in certain areas, which maybe you can't find where you are geographically. There are lots of great benefits to doing therapy online. Get it off your chest. Visit BetterHelp. Go to slash Pacman Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's com. Slash Pac show. The link is in the podcast notes. If you're familiar with me and my show, you know that I don't promote crazy supplements, drinkable silver, wacky stuff that right wing shows do. I don't offer miracle cures or anything like that. I promote products that are backed by science and that make sense at the end of the day. That's what our sponsor AG1 is. It's really simple. Instead of taking dozens of different vitamins, potentially spending hundreds of dollars on them, what I do is before my morning cappuccino, I have a scoop of ag one in water. Simple. I get the entire day's worth of vitamins, minerals, prebiotics, probiotics. It's in a form that you can absorb and utilize. It tastes good. You can put it in a drink. You can put it in a shake, whatever works for you. Unlike routines that involve all sorts of pills and gummies and the inconvenience and the difficulty of maintaining it, AG1 is just foundational nutrition made easy and affordable. I've even gotten some friends and family hooked on AG1 because it's just simple. It's simple and more cost-effective. Go to drinkag1.com/pacman, you'll get 5 free travel packs of AG1 and a year's supply of vitamin D for free that's drink A is in Adam G is in green, the number one dot com slash Pacman to get five free travel packs of a G one and a free year supply of vitamin D. The link is in the podcast notes. The David Pakman show, of course, continues to be supported primarily by our viewers, people who watch a YouTube clip, people who listen to the podcast, whatever platform you may use to consume the show uh those are the folks that support the work that we do you can sign up at joinpackman.com and get yourself a membership it's cheap it's quick it's fantastic and it goes a long way to supporting the work that we do let's hear from some people in the audience via discord you can join the discord at slash discord Let's start with Iman from Washington. Iman from Washington, you're on the air. What's on your mind today? And please unmute yourself so that we can hear you.
4: Hi, David. How can you hear me? How do I sound?
0: You sound great. Awesome. Did you have a question? All right. And there goes Iman. Not good. Not good. Let's go to Adrian from Wyoming, who is currently undecided about who he will be voting for in 2024. Adrian from Wyoming, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hello, David. Can you hear me? Yes, I can.
4: Hi. Um, so I'm a progressive in um in Tennessee, and I'll I'll for sure be supporting Gloria Johnson but i'm a little undecided about um i'm kind of fighting the lesser of two evils argument right now especially with what's going on in gaza mm-hmm. and i don't i want to ask a specific question about that because i don't Please. there's a million that could be posited um what is the best way to cuz when we had trump in office there are a lot of people that said um uh that question like how you could deal with such Um, fringe or incompetent leaders but the reality right now on the ground in Israeli society is so many of the leaders are very far right wing and Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily our prerogative to influence Israeli democracy but how can we build towards peace with people that are bent on annexing Gaza in the long term or like continuing the settlements and not as you've noticed noted um, commit towards establishing firm borders and working towards a solution in the long term. Like I don't want to get into like all the other well, situations. But let,
0: let's explore this. So let's, you're saying that this issue, the dynamics of Israeli politics are making you question who to vote for for president in the United States. Am I understanding that, Adrian?
4: Um uh no 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 like I like are you are you asking are you asking um for cuz I'm I'm currently undecided for 2024 that's my right. honest position. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if you're asking for um if you're just asking about questions for um uh American politics right now or questions in general.
0: No, what well, what I'm trying to understand is you said based on what's going on in Gaza you're not sure who you would support in 2024. So I oh, did I um, did I hear that correctly? Um,
4: so, so no, that that like that's not my entire position. Um, okay, it's it's made me like a little bit more apprehensive, but I've been um, quite uh, on the fence for a long time. I did I did support uh, Joe Biden in 2020. Okay, but, but so I guess I, what I'm
0: trying to understand, Adrian, is let's see if we can approach this from a different angle. When sure. you vote for president in the United States. What are the most important, say five issues to you?
4: The most important in 2020 were the end of the were the end of the pandemic. There was um, I appreciated Joe Biden's work on uh, his priorities for um, student loans. I appreciated his work to um, fight for union jobs. and uh, his work on climate change. But that's like kind of a a mixed bag, although it's better.
0: Yeah. Um, Let's see if we can approach it a different way. Yeah. Are you saying that one of the most important issues for you in 2024 will be the policy of Biden versus Trump with regard to the Israeli Palestinian conflict?
4: It's uh, what? It's def, it's it's been an issue that I've wor- that I've been um, involved in activism for a couple of years now. Um, It, it is something that's front and center right now, like in, my, in my conscience right now in in the Fair. work that I'm trying to do with community organizations.
0: So here's uh, my question. Yeah. Do you think that your view on that conflict is closer to Trump or Biden?
4: it's closer to neither right now because there's like, I think I almost think that if Trump were in office, at least Democrats pretend to care sometimes. Hmm. Um, But with the efforts to censor Rashida Tlaib, like it's um, putting into stark focus, the disconnect that a lot of people have between this issue, like, and People that are bought for and paid for by like not not by the Israeli government, uh, sometimes by APAC, but um, especially by like defense contractors and things like that, and the and the people that want to see a peaceful resolution. I don't yeah. think like I don't want to d- dabble in hypotheticals because right now what's well, happening forget is happening
0: about the hypotheticals Biden. for a second, Adrian. Sure. Biden's position has been we're still going to support Israel and its right to defend itself. But we're also warning Israel not to go overboard. He wants a humanitarian pause. He warned Israel not to block aid to Gaza. Trump's position is blow the whole thing up. No aid for Gaza. Do nothing. Let them go to hell. Do, Do you have do you see any difference between those two positions?
4: Yes, I do. I do. I see. And which
0: one are you closer
4: to? I I don't think that Netanyahu's responding well to Biden because. And but hold on a
0: second, Adrian. Here's the th- but, I I kind of I'm getting a sense that you're kind of trying to make it almost like it. Neither one has exactly your position. So, but but what I'm trying to figure out is, as a practical matter, it sounds right. like you're someone of the left. Is that right? Yes, you're someone of the left as someone of the left. If you don't love Biden's position, are you saying you might vote Trump, whose position is even worse? Are you saying you might vote Trump or is it you might just stay home?
4: No, I would. I'm of the mind that I would leave the top ticket blank because there are especially in the south, there are a lot of stronger, progressive voices than I've seen when visiting and live and where I initially came from it in the south and in Wyoming. um, There are a lot of stronger progressive voices that that mean more like that, that embody more of your politics than than there are in safe liberal. But would you vote for one of them? You just said
0: you would leave it. You just said you would leave it blank. Would you leave it blank or you would write in one of these other progressives?
4: Well, I I might write in on the top of the ticket, but on the bottom, you might. With local leaders like I know people that are tangibly connected to my communities and who stand for more.
0: No, I got bad. you. I was asking on, on Trump, Biden. All right, right Adrian. Right. So well, not, thank you. Listen, um, Trump, it's you wouldn't vote been. Trump. All right. So it, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Adrian. Thank you. Well, I hope you figure it. Figure it out in time for the election. Adrian from Wyoming, who I guess votes in votes in Tennessee, I think uh, I think he said. All right, let's go next to Dominic from Arizona. Dominic from Arizona. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind today?
6: Hello, David. Are you there? Yes, I am. Hello, David. It is really nice to speak to you. I've been watching you for some time now. Thank I appreciate you. it. Um. So what I want to ask, so so say Trump is found guilty in one of his indictments, but he gets elected. In your opinion, you don't know. There's no definitive answer. Yeah. Where, 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 do, where do we go from there? Like, what? I have no idea.
0: I, I quite literally, I mean, you know, there's people talking about Trump being president from prison. If I were a betting man, I would bet Trump's not going to be president from prison. Like, whatever is going to lead up to, what, to the resolution of this scenario, I don't think Trump will end up being president from prison. But. I I don't know. I mean, this this is an unprecedented situation. I don't I don't know what on earth this country is going to look like two years from now.
4: Right.
6: Right. And I mean, so what where can I go with? I have friends that are I'm left. I've all my friends are left. Like, where do I go when these when when they're mad at Biden and like they think Biden's this Biden's that. But yeah, like, how can I explain to them? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, we need if you don't. I heard the last guy that you just talked to. Like, if you don't vote, then now we're now we're stuck with something way worse. So like, yeah, you know, I mean, listen, like,
0: every election is imagine a number line, Dominic. Okay. Imagine a number line. Right. And you can put every candidate on the number line. If Biden's a 10 and Trump's a nine, I'm voting for Biden because he's it's better. If Biden's a negative four and Trump's a negative six, I'm voting for Biden because Biden's better. And you know, sometimes people, when, when I say this, they go, Oh, so if you had the choice between a KKK member or one of the Nation of Islam anti Semites or something like that, who do you? And I go, I don't know. I'd have to figure out where they are on the number line. And if it's going to be one of the two of them, I work I vote for the one that's least bad. Right. I mean, it's sort of like a, a, a risk mitigation thing. Um, yeah. I mean, every every election is that you, there might be two candidates you really like and you have to figure out which one do I like more or two candidates you dislike and you have to figure out which one do I dislike less. And it's you know, it's a sad thing that a lot of people don't don't get that.
6: Yeah, I know. I it's so frustrating. Cause like, I'm like, so what are you going to do? Not vote? Or are you going to not, are you going to vote? Like what's the end game? What are, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like,
0: I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, what are we doing? That's the question.
6: Um, last thing I'll let you go. One thing I really, really appreciate your perspective. You really have been watching me for some time. It's really cool to actually talk to you. I, I really appreciate it. Um, how's the new book going though?
0: You know, I I'm basically 98 percent done with the first draft. Now, I don't know how much in terms of revisions will have to happen, but I wrote every day for like two months and I got to like 98 percent done. It's in review. I'm meeting with my editor and we're going to, you know, I keep we're going to keep keep on keeping on with it.
6: Nice, nice. All right, David, like I said, appreciate your perspective, man, always. I hope you have a good rest of your day.
0: All right, thank you. There's Dominic from Arizona. Great to hear from you. Let's take some more calls. Why don't we go? You know, there's so many people who want to get on today. Let's go to Paul from Florida. Paul says he's undecided about the 2024 election. Paul, tell me which candidates are you considering?
7: Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, actually, for me, what is very important is someone that is tough on China. I, I feel they are the biggest threat to the free world. Okay. And so, Trump seems appealing to me in that regard. In what, what ways Trump tough on China? Well, when like he was president, the, uh, with taxes and everything, uh, trade war, as they say.
0: You liked the trade war.
7: It <laughs> you know, Sounds silly, I know, but kind of, yeah. And I, I think it's important to have someone in charge that is uh, tough on our biggest biggest rival.
0: In what sense do you think the trade war now when you went to, when you said taxes, I'm sure you meant tariffs, right, Paul?
7: Yeah, yeah sorry. I, I misspoke. Yes.
0: In what way did you in what way did you like that? In what way was that helpful to the United States?
7: Um, I think he was trying to make us less dependent on China because we are very dependent on them.
0: Right. In, and important.
7: And,
0: and did it work?
7: Well, it was only for four years. He needed more time, I think.
0: But is there any metric or statistic you can point to that suggests Trump's tariff policy worked?
7: Uh, To be honest, no.
0: There isn't. So, how do you know that it was a good thing?
7: Uh, Yeah, that's a fair point. I can't say that, actually.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. um, Well, uh, that's very interesting, Paul. Anything else you had?
7: Yeah. Yeah, actually, while we're talking about China, I was wondering, uh, do you think they have like an interest in upcoming election? Do they have any like preferences for a candidate?
0: I would not be the right person to weigh. It would be irresponsible for me to give an opinion on, Ch- on the upcoming Chinese election. It's very far outside my area of expertise, Paul. No,
7: no, no. I meant is, do they have an interest in interfering with USA election? Oh,
0: does China have an interest in interfering with the American yeah. election?
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh uh probably in the sense that many countries do the extent to which they would be able to interfere i think depends on who you ask i do not think that china is going to play a material role in the 2024 presidential election that's my expectation
7: okay yeah well thank you for taking my call
0: all right paul from florida yeah rethink the tariff stuff cuz like when you can't come up with a reason why it was good maybe it wasn't so good you know all right let's take a very quick break Then we're going right back to the Discord lines. Stand by. 30 million trees are destroyed every year for toilet paper in the US alone. So, toilet paper is a big contributor to deforestation and climate change. Our sponsor, Real Paper, makes toilet paper from bamboo. Bamboo plants keep growing, which means no deforestation. Bamboo also absorbs five times as much carbon from the atmosphere as pine trees and bamboo toilet paper is stronger than regular toilet paper and even softer. So bamboo toilet paper is all around a win for you and for the environment. It's time to move on from that toilet paper from trees that you're using at home when you use real paper it doesn't feel like you're sacrificing anything. It's soft and fluffy and they'll ship it to your door in plastic-free packaging on a schedule. Super easy. With every box of real paper you buy, they are funding reforestation efforts across the country through their partnership with One Tree Planted. So unlike the toilet paper that cuts down trees, Real is helping to actively plant them. Go to realpaper.com/pacman and use code PACMAN for 30% off your first order and free shipping. That's reelpapercom paper dot com slash Pacman and then use code Pacman. The info is in the podcast notes. Online threats are constantly growing and evolving, and our sponsor Mono Defense makes it so easy to just be protected. It's a one stop shop to staying safe and unleashing your online freedom because with your mono defense account, you can get a whole suite of easy to use tools for every device you own. It comes with Passwarden, which is their highly acclaimed password manager. You can create unique passwords for all accounts and you don't have to worry about remembering them comes with DNS firewall, which will proactively block suspicious traffic from malicious websites and services to protect you from malware, phishing, other online dangers. And you'll also get smart DNS. Smart DNS lets you change your geographic location so you can access websites and content not normally available where you live. You'll also get authenticator, which is their powerful two factor authentication tool. And it makes sure it is really you logging in, even if your password is compromised. You get it all with just a single Mono Defense subscription, all of the robust, simple to use security tools on five devices. And Monodefense is a Ukrainian company which I think is important to support right now. Go to Monodefense.com slash Pacman. Get 30 percent off. That's M-O-N-O-D-E-F-E-N-S-E dot com slash Pacman to get 30 percent off. The link is in the podcast notes. Let's hear from a few more people. We do this via Discord at slash Discord. We're going to go next to Amir from Israel. Amir from Israel, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? Israel slash Rhode Island, I guess. Yes. Uh, hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Fantastic. So yeah, I'm Israeli. I
8: uh, currently live in Rhode Island sure. uh, temporarily. Um, so I would actually put a B there <laughs> if if I was American, but I'm not American, so I cannot vote. If I was American, I would probably support Biden. But anyway, I was actually uh, calling to uh, ask about something else. Please. So you may have heard about this campaign uh, that uh, some uh, Jews and Israelis in the United States are doing uh, recently. That they are hanging posters of uh, kidnapped uh, Israelis, Israelis kidnapped by Hamas. I've seen it. Um, Yeah. So there's an issue with that. Uh, So apparently some uh, Americans are tearing these posters down. I I heard it happened uh, in Providence, where I'm living right now, and in Boston and in New York and probably in some other places. Now, the really strange thing about this, um, and I would like to hear your opinion about this, when they tear them down, they don't really explain it in any way. Because I'm Israeli, and uh, I'm really used to hearing um, all kinds of uh, you know opinions that are critical of Israel. Yeah. I agree with some of them. I disagree with some of them. But these people who tear down the posters, they just don't explain anything at all. They just, well, you can easily find lots of videos of people just tearing them down and just being silent and not saying anything, or just saying something very generic like, uh, these posters are not supposed to be there, or right. something like that. Or, or like I saw some video that says, uh, how do you even know that this is true, that they are kidnapped? Like the, the explanations are really just nothing.
0: Um, yeah, it's which, a couple which I different things. Just, Amir. Just, Amir, I think it's, it's, it's another diff- level. There's different reasons why different people do it. Some are ripping the posters down because they believe that the posters are inherently anti-Palestinian. They believe that saying, hey, here's people kidnapped by Hamas. We want them back. There are people who interpret that as anti-Palestinian, so they rip them down. There are people who rip them down because they're just anti-Semites, right? Like some of the people ripping down the posters are simply anti-Semites. Some people believe that the posters of the missing Israeli hostages rather than posters of, you know, uh, Gazan civilians that died shows an unfair concern for one group but not the other. I mean, you. You really have to ask the people. And I think some of them don't even know why they're doing it. Honestly, I think some have no idea why they're doing it. Yeah, that, that's kind of the feeling that I get also. Um, it's like this. I could easily explain
8: this by just anti Semitism, but I don't want to be. You know, no, and I, I don't, don't think that's to, the only reason. I don't, I don't want to jump to this conclusion so quickly. Right. right. But I, I agree don't with you. So. Sorry, what was that, Amir? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm I'm just don't I I'm not hearing any better explanation than than just anti anti-Semitism or just I mean they say nothing so if they say nothing, I I don't I don't even know what to
0: assume. It's just yeah, I mean, I like would a, want to hear from like a, some of them. Oh. I want to hear from them why they're ripping the posters down, and then we'll see what the reasons yeah. are. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. that's really what I wanted to ask about. Thank you. All right, thank you so much. There is Amir from Israel slash Rhode Island. Uh, let's see. Why don't we go next to David from I think it's Long Island. David from Long Island. Welcome to the program. What's on your mind today? And you've got to unmute yourself, sir, please. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can.
3: Thank you for taking my call. I was going to ask about something else, but the first caller from Tennessee really got me thinking about something else, and and um, I just wanted to ask that question. I am sure. Genuinely shocked when I hear so many liberal Americans like put so much political stock in Israel. Um, I understand why some a lot of right-wing Trump-supporting Jews that I know are no longer going to support Trump in the next election. Right. Uh, they've already given up on him, and many of them are just gonna not vote or vote for Nikki Haley or someone else if she gets the nomination, or who knows? But what I hear people from the left, especially a guy from Tennessee, probably doesn't even know a lot of Jews. There's a very small Jewish population in Tennessee. Yep. speak about these issues in that way, as a Jew from Long Island, it, it makes me it makes my blood boil because I don't understand why they care so much about this issue when there's people suffering in Yemen, there's people suffering in Myanmar, there's people suffering in Western China, people suffering all over the world. Suffering is not a uniquely Gazan phenomenon. There's people suffering in this country. There's people suffering in Tennessee. And in other words, that- you're
0: saying that, like, for example, if someone said, I'm going to base my vote for president based on their policies on what's happening in Myanmar rather than domestic economic policy, education policy, access to healthcare, whatever, we would go, oh, that's like that's kind of weird. Like you're voting for the American president. You live in the U.S. Why? Well, are you from Myanmar? Maybe. I don't know. And so you're saying, like, it's kind of equally weird to say I'm going to choose between Trump and Biden based on their policy on the Israeli Hamas conflict rather than on domestic issues. I think that's a fair criticism. I think a lot of people would say the U.S. plays such an outsized role in the conflict of Israel and Palestine because of funding and alliance alliances and relationships that it almost is like a domestic issue. I think that's what some of them would say.
3: I would I understand that and I actually thank you for saying it that way that's that was really well said and I, I couldn't have said that well myself but my my counterpoint to that would simply be um then why don't you eat then I understand if it's one of your many concerns right yeah. it's one of the a list of concerns, but if that's your a uh, primary voting issue or a, an issue that you might flip your vote on, right it truly seems to me to be a significant signifying the level of inherent maybe anti-Semitism on the left that doesn't get spoken about because it's subversive and it's not in the open in the same way. that. Yeah, like I a, don't know about like that. I mean, listen, and, and where you.
0: I will agree with you is if someone comes to me and they say, you know, Biden's clearly better on health care. Biden's better on abortion. Biden's, Biden's better on infrastructure. Biden's better on LGBT rights. But I don't like what he said about the Israeli Gaza conflict. So I am going to stay home and potentially help Trump become president. To me, that does seem crazy. I mean, obviously, they're not saying I'm going to vote Trump oh, when we lost the caller. All right. Well, I don't know what happened. They're not saying I'm going to vote Trump, which would be outwardly crazy. Uh, yeah. You know, listen, it's a tough thing. And everybody's here's the thing. Everybody's allowed to use whatever metric they want to determine who they'll vote or if they will vote. And that I, uh, you know, great greatly respect. All right. Let's go to Donna. Donna from. Donna from where is it? Donna from New England. I see N E. Donna from New York. Welcome, Donna. Uh, It says you were undecided about twenty twenty four. What's on your mind today?
5: I am. I have some some similar sentiments to the the last caller. Um, I found the far left response to October 7th to be kind of alarming. and I guess I just saw a lot of pro-Hamas sentiment, uh, both in the protests and online. Okay. And I want to know what you think are the factors um, in leading to a bunch of this like pro-Hamas sentiment, the extremism <laughs> that I'm seeing. Uh, what do you think happened that so many people are sort of sympathizing with Hamas Um Although I know the, the the horrific stuff that happens in Gaza, I know that yep. I don't think that that's enough necessarily to like for people to sympathize with. Hamas. So yeah. I wanted to get your opinion on what the factors are. And um, yeah, that is why I'm undecided. I, I you was, know, Donna, really
0: I, I think whatever I tell you are the factors that have led to the status quo, people are going to disagree with me and be mad. Let me give you an example. If I say, you know, I think one of the like if I were to say something like most of the people are not pro Hamas, they're just really concerned about Palestinian rights. But there are some people who clearly are for Hamas. And the Mm -hmm. reason why is they believe that there is no other way for Gazans to resist evil Israel. Or they believe that what happened on October 7th is merely the logical response to 75 years of Israeli aggression. Or, you know, I think they they, I think they would say something along those lines. Um, People will be mad because they'll say, well, I'm I'm not taking that perspective seriously enough or something like that. I'm going to give you just one vignette. okay? and it's a lot of these people truly don't know what's going on that they just they, they don't have facts. They don't have facts. And the example I have is the other day I was out to lunch uh in the um not not super far from Times Square and a sort of like pro Palestinian rally kind of came by and it's all fine. It wasn't a big one. It was just on the sidewalk and whatever. And mm-hmm. as I'm leaving with a friend of mine, I have no interest in engaging on the street in politics in this way. I get plenty of it on, on my show, but. My friend yeah. uh, asked a, a woman who was going down, carrying a sign who that said, you know, from the river to the sea, he said, what does that mean? What is from the river to the sea mean? And she said mm-hmm. it means Palestinian freedom. And he said, oh, OK, which river? She didn't know which sea. Right. She didn't know. He said, what happens to Israel if Palestine is from the river to the sea? She said, I don't know. They have to go somewhere else, I guess. Like, you know, she just she never really thought about it. You know, it's just people. I I don't know. I mean, I guess they just go somewhere else. It's not it's not really clear to me. Now, there are tons of people that are far more informed than that. But I think a lot of people in general in politics, like the the caller who called in about the tariffs in China, and then he's like, actually, I have no clue if those tariffs were good. I don't really know. Um, This pervades our politics. This is everywhere. This is in every issue. And I think one of the things that we are observing is we frequently see extremely confident opinions about stuff not informed by much. Right now, let me ask you, Donna, you say you're undecided. Which candidates are you considering?
5: Um, I, and to be clear, I have been I, I would consider myself a progressive. I've only voted for um, liberal candidates in the past. Yeah. But Based off of the reaction to, to October 7th, and I guess my estimates of like how much of the Liberal Party I think is genuinely pro-Hamas, which I think it's a small minority, Very but small, it's tiny. hardly too much. And and in fact, like the the response from politicians alarmed me also. I didn't mm. think that it was harsh enough on people who were condoning violence. Um and so I would consider voting for Nikki Haley or something. I, wow. I, I know I wouldn't vote for Trump, but OK, yeah, this this like really did. It was jarring for me and it, and it changed my mind a little bit about the yeah. next election.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think what I would say to you is. Go by what you're voting for, and that has to be what Joe Biden has said in his offering. And I think that what Joe Biden has said in his offering on this issue bears no resemblance to this pro Hamas slice that you're referring to. So that's what I would right. encourage that's you to think Even
5: about. his, you know, even his press secretary has, you know, any question when asked about anti-Semitism has dodged it um, just last. You know, when she was asked about the posters of uh, people thinking about down posters, she she sort of said, I'm not interested in talking about it and then redacted kind of on on Twitter um and so I don't know i I'm, I'm paying attention to those things I, I find that troubling i don't I don't know why it's so difficult to say it's not appropriate to do that
0: yeah i didn't I didn't see what you're referring to, but I'm going to check it out. Listen, Donna, thank you. I appreciate you for, uh, for sharing your perspective. Thanks, David. All right. there goes Donna from New York. let's speak to Sam from Minnesota, Sam from Minnesota. welcome to the program. What's on your mind today?
1: Uh hi I um let's see I had a question uh I I know you're aware of the infamous Prager U which isn't actually a university but in the last right. uh, few months a lot of the ads I've been seeing have actually been for something called Hillside College hmm. which uh, as far as I can tell is an actual college although they don't participate in Title Nine okay um and, and they uh so they put up you know videos produced by an actual college styled as courses but not worth college credit. Uh, and do you know anything about
0: that? Have never heard of it. But is this connected to PragerU? Uh,
1: no, no, it's just kind of the same sort of thing, but totally independent, not not at all connected as far as I know. Uh, and just for context, it seems one of the videos uh, stars Art Laffer of Laffer curve fame.
0: Oh, interesting. So that's
1: kind of the level.
0: You're, it's it's Hillside College
1: Hillsdale oh, if Hillsdale. I said it wrong, I'm sorry.
0: Hillsdale. Okay. A private conservative liberal arts college in Michigan, uh, founded by men and women grateful to God. Oh, boy, Um, strong emphasis on a classic education um, refusal for to accept any federal or state subsidies. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, I don't know who was doing it. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I don't know much about it, but it sounds a little wacky.
1: Yeah, uh, it's almost like somebody saw PragerU and they're like, hey, why don't we do that for real?
0: Right, right, right. That's interesting. I'll look into it more. Do you know anyone who goes there?
1: No, not at all. I, I just know I've seen a lot of YouTube ads that, you know, it's all over YouTube.
0: Got it. Got it. I will look into it, uh, but it sounds pretty wild.
1: Uh, do you know anything about the Minnesota flag update as well?
0: No. What's going on with it?
1: Uh, Yeah. So just recently, the legislature um, put together a commission and they took suggestions for what the new flag is going to be and they're deciding on what it's going to be. So we're going to get a new state flag.
0: And what's the the design? What's the gist of it? Uh,
1: Well, the old one is kind of, you know, the state seal on a blue background, which is like half the state flags. Um, The new one, as far as I know, they haven't decided they have a lot of potential candidates. I think Probably the favorite one is called the north star flag. And yeah, I'm
0: seeing that here. Yeah. I mean, these are some slick looking flags. A lot of these state flags all look very similar and they look extremely dated. I'm for modernizing state flags. How is that for a controversial position, Sam?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you get a lot of fights in that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, a lot of people that want to keep the old one. All right. Uh, all right. Otherwise, things are good. Things are cold up there or what?
1: Uh yeah. You know, it's it's winter. Uh, we've right. had it hasn't snowed a lot yet, but it's probably gonna.
0: Good. All right. All right, Sam. All thank right. you for the thank call. You. Appreciate it. There goes Sam from Minnesota. And that will do it for today. We will take calls again if I have anything to say about it. Thank you to everybody who called in. Speak to you very soon. We'll take a break and be back with so much more. Many people know how hard it is to break bad habits, and sometimes you have to replace a bad habit with a better habit. And that is exactly what our sponsor fume helps you do. Fume is not a vape. I don't advertise vape stuff. There's no nicotine. There's no electronics. Fume is a small cylindrical wooden device that just delivers plant flavored air. It comes in a variety of flavors that people love. Crisp mint, maple pepper white cranberry. They've got new flavors, sparkling grapefruit, orange, vanilla. Importantly, it just gives your hand something to do. It's a device that feels good in your hand or in your pocket. You can take it anywhere and it satiates that hand to mouth fixation that if you're trying to break a bad habit can be very useful. It's also fun to fidget with, which is important, too. It has an adjustable airflow dial, a magnetic end cap. It gives your fingers something to do, even if it's in your pocket. Check out the reviews online. You'll see so many people. Have been skeptical at first about Fume. They try it and they are very pleasantly surprised. Go to tryfume.com and use the code PACMAN to save 10% when you get the Journey Pack, which comes with the device and several flavors to try. That's tryfum.com, then use code PACMAN for 10% off the Journey Pack. The info is in the podcast notes. Let's do some feedback from the audience, all right? It is Friday. It's time for feedback. We call it Friday feedback. You can email info at davidpacman.com. dot com. You might be featured if you leave a YouTube comment or post something to the subreddit. It's anyone's guess how you might end up in this segment. We start with something. I could spend an hour just doing this sort of thing. I'm not going to do it. But just to give you a sense, I, I try to have categories of things that I receive. Here is one category that I get a lot, especially lately. Musa wrote in and said, F.U. Zionist foods bag. Now, I don't know what foods bag means. I don't know if that's some kind of insult that I'm not familiar with or if it's a typo. But Musa says F.U. and spells out the whole word, which we we can't say for FCC reasons. F.U. Zionist foods bag. So presented with no further comment. I get a bunch of those every single day. Cared wrote in in response to our coverage of Candace Owens' interview with Bill Maher. Cared says, No one has been to the moon, period. This is a great example of people with extreme confidence, unwavering confidence, almost explosive confidence in something for which they have no ability to defend. (laughs) Uh, We have all of this great evidence of having been to the moon, including the observations of independent space agencies in other countries who would be very incentivized to say, hey, you know what? The U.S. lied. No, they have the they have the observational data. Uh, We have the moon rocks. We have all of the astronauts who have gone and come back and told the story. And it almost would be more difficult to stage the entire thing like that's actually the, the, the point where we're at on this moon landing thing. And yet people uh, continue to say it. It's very, very strange. Shirley wrote in and says, wow, mansplainer of the year. Only people interested in politics would look at these videos. Therefore, I found it astounding that you think that you're explaining the obvious was necessary, but it's the wrong your, by the way. So listen, sometimes people criticize me and they go, David, you know, when you explain the difference between debt and deficit, when you talk about that issue, you really don't need to do it like everybody understands that. I can assure you not everybody understands that you should see the emails that I get when people write in and they say, David, I can't stand that you said that the debt has decreased under such president. I never said that I might have been talking about the deficit or I might have been talking about the rate of increase of the deficit, but I never said that the debt decreased. Anyway, you really I, I hate to tell you, Shirley, I do have to explain all these things. I do have to explain all these things in order to cut down a little bit on the completely outrageous, uninformed emails that I get. It's it's a it's a sad reality. Chris wrote in and said, you're an idiot. Please invite me sometime. (laughs) At least he's politely saying to to invite him. So let me state this once again. I don't know where these right wingers get this impression, but they are welcome to call into the show I would love for them to call into the show. We want more ideological balance, especially when I take live calls. It happens that because this is a left wing show, we have a lot more left wing callers. That's just the reality of what it is. But we want to hear from right wingers. And so Chris is welcome to call in when we take calls. We do it via discord. I want to hear from you. I would love it when we've had folks like this get on the air, which has happened a handful, you know, five, ten times, something like that. Fifteen times. It's great. It's great in so many different ways. So Chris you're officially invited. Please call in next time that we take live calls. I think it would be a really, really great thing. OK, aggressive attitude says, isn't it funny how certain people question Michael Cohen's, quote, criminal past while completely ignoring or conveniently forgetting who Cohen committed these crimes for? Yeah, you know, this came up on the Tuesday show on Super Tuesday on Tuesday when Alina Habba, Trump's lawyer, um, bef- uh, after Trump's testimony issued that ridiculous statement where she said there's their superstar witness admits that he lied. Well, yeah, the the lying is what he went to prison for. Right. So Michael Cohen says, I did lie. I did lie. And it was at the direction of Trump in order to do what Trump wanted me to do. As part of a criminal conspiracy directed by Donald Trump, when we talk about Rico and when we talk about conspiracy and these sorts of crimes, what we're talking about is crimes committed in service to some kind of criminal enterprise. They seem to think it's a gotcha of some kind. What I would say to them and people like the ones that aggressive attitude is referring to that say you can't listen to Cohen. The, the case can't depend on Cohen. Number one, it doesn't. There's like 100 witnesses in that case. So it doesn't depend on Michael Cohen. And number two, Michael Cohen has admitted to where he was dishonest and has otherwise not been caught lying even once. I'm not aware of a single time. And this is not because he's a friend of the show. And what, I, if he had been, co- I would ask him about it when he comes on the show. I would say, hey, look, even though you say you lied for Trump and you haven't lied since, here's where you lied since. I haven't been able to find a single instance of that. So I think those who want to make that argument have to find some instances of Michael Cohen lying in the context of since he's done his mea culpa and I haven't been able to find that. Donna wrote wrote in about the border and Donna says, David, why don't you ever talk about our border crisis? You never comment on this. What are your thoughts? Why would Joe Biden allow this? it's not that I never talk about it. It's that we've talked about it so much and done a deep dive about immigration that there's very little new to say. Now, I know that there are some, I guess, like Donna, who believes that something new, something special, something different is happening right now under Joe Biden. The reality is that border policy has not dramatically changed under Biden since Trump. I know that Trump and others want you to believe that on by January 25th of 2021. Biden had changed border policy so much that people were just flowing in. There is a a reality that there's a seasonality to undocumented immigration. There's a reality that during covid movement was heavily restricted, and so there was pent up demand once COVID restrictions started to ease and Joe Biden was president during part of that. Trump was president during part of it. It is true that the Biden administration has done a lot to try to reunite families that have been separated at the border. There are still families that are separated and that have not yet been reunited. But Joe Biden has tried to deal with that. But there's not that much to say. I mean, you know, as I've said before, We need some kind of permanent status for DACA recipients, those who were legally minors when they came to the United States undocumented with their parents. It wasn't their fault. We need to do something. We need to do something to grant them permanent status. I am completely open to completely open to rethinking um, how immigration is done. If someone wants to put forward a proposal, I'm not opposed to that. When it comes to uh, visa overstays, if we want to seriously if we decide as a country we seriously want to deal with so-called illegal immigration. We've got to put dramatically more focus on visa overstays. It is also the case that all immigrants, both legal and undocumented to the United States, are less likely to commit crimes than our natural born American citizens. That's been widely documented. None of these things have changed, Donna. And so, to the extent that I'm not talking about it, it's because there's very little new to say. And until our lawmakers actually are ready to, at a minimum, do something permanent on DACA, there isn't that much new thing to talk about. I guess what you want me to do is to do some kind of unhinged attack on what Joe Biden has done by opening the border. It's just that's not going on. So I'm not going to do that. A user minimalism for thee asked on our subreddit. Will David speak about the election in Argentina? David was born in Argentina. So not only is he allowed to vote in the election, I think he's required by law to vote. I'm not. I've been out of the country with all my you know all of my documents have been expired for a long time and I've been out of the country long and I was never of voting age when I lived in Argentina. I am not required to vote. Uh, Goes on and says, Argentina is one of the few countries that doesn't let you renounce citizenship so David can vote through his embassy, blah, blah, blah. Very curious who David would support. Most people dislike all the candidates except the Millet supporters. So here's what's going on in Argentina. In the original election, the first election in October, Nobody got to 50 uh, percent. So there's going to be a runoff upcoming. The candidates that will be in the runoff are this bonkers Trumpian libertarian with bizarre hair named Javier Millet. He's like right wing, hard right. And then uh, Sergio Massa, which is someone the, on the Christina left wing sort of like corrupt line. I don't like either of them. I don't like either of them. If I were to vote in Argentina, I almost certainly would have voted for Patricia Bullrich. She is well to my right, Okay, She's probably like a Romney sort of Republican. But given all of the options, the insanity of hard right melee. And the absurdity of saying, let's put the Christina type people in power again, given how disastrous they've been. I don't know that I would have really had much of a much of a place, and so I probably would have gone with Bullrich doesn't matter because she came in third, has pledged support now to Milei. it's all a mess. If I were to vote because voting is required in Argentina, if I were to vote in the runoff I would probably submit a blank ballot ballot. You're required to vote, but you can vote blank. Uh, And that's probably what I would do because uh, both uh, Millet and and Massa are uh, likely to be disasters for the country. So that's where I'm at uh, right now on the situation. And then lastly, underwater Phil weighs in on the caller who said people are taking down Trump flags. Underwater Phil says he can confirm it. He can confirm it. He said um, he basically said, I've noticed uh, less it should be fewer Trump flags on trucks. I can 100 percent confirm this over the last five to six years across the southwest United States. Every RV park we visited would have dozens of pro Trump flags as well as shirts, hats, et cetera. It's just been a part of RV parks. Everyone's pretty cool. So it's just an observation. However, in the last two months, my wife and I have absolutely noticed a decline in the Trump swag around the parks. And just last night before seeing this clip, we were talking about not seeing a single Trump flag over a four day RV trip we just got back from. Seems they are less eager to show it now. I hope the fever is breaking. You know, I can't tell you for sure whether Trump flags at RV parks are a leading indicator of declining support in Trump. Trump still has about 60 percent support among the Republican primary electorate. I hope that it is the case. That declining Trump flags on pickup trucks and RVs is a sign that the fever is breaking. We can only wait and see. Info at davidpacman.com if you have something to say. We will uh, see you on the bonus show. Remember, you can sign up and get instant access to the bonus a show. A David Pac Man membership costs six bucks a month. Six or only three if you use the coupon code FFOX. Sign up at joinpacman.com. I really hope to see you on the bonus show.